Hey everybody, this is Tanner coming in at the beginning of the episode. I just wanted to let you guys know about some of the stuff that happens in this episode. First off, uh, we usually spoil stuff in the podcast, but I wanted to get ahead of this and let you know that this episode spoils pretty much the entirety of the anime Flip Flappers. Uh, More importantly, however, there are a few spots in the episode where we have some serious discussions about the trauma it takes to come out of the closet, as well as discussions on dealing with relatives who have Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, so listener discretion is advised. However, that being said, we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood gets the chance to. It's a bit like brainstorming fanfiction. Um... Lindsay, who are you? <laughs> I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. You know, so often I say too little, but today I was about to say too much. Um, I'm Tanner, they, them. <laughs> Joining us today is another guest? Yes, it's true. We have another guest. She is the arbiter of Kingdom Hearts of Forgotten Era, Kingdom Hearts Sexual Play Roleplay set in World Birth by 80 Years Before Birth by Sea, based on the interstitial game written by Riley Hopkins at River Rybed. It's Lena! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> I'm like the third guest you've had on from this specific podcast. I was going to make a joke about how it was February, but Rem was on in January, so it doesn't quite work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Isaiah also wants to come on at some point, and, well, I guess a little bit spoilers, and (laughs) I was like, you should try to get on just right after me, so it's just all of us, just constantly. (laughs) Send me a message, Isaiah! (laughs) He has not finished watching the thing he's rebooting, so he sadly cannot. Why do people, like, plan things? I don't get people (laughs) planning things. I asked Theo to be on my Glee podcast, and he said, hold up, let me watch the entire second season. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, meanwhile, I'm like, no, I want to go in with as as little knowledge as possible. (laughs) I mean, you, you edit that podcast, so I don't know if you're, like, that's an advantage or a disadvantage. I... I think it's a disadvantage because I am just, I am experiencing it all secondhand. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Glee today. No. Unless, no. Unless, no, we're not. <laughs> that would be a twist. Yeah. Um, Lena, what are you here for today? Uh, I'm here to reboot a thing. <laughs> I know, it's very surprising, but. Your hint was that it can fit a whole bunch of themes and they're queer, and also was specifically for Valentine's Day, because this episode gets yeah. to launch on Valentine's Day. So so the the hint I picked, I think, was something like, uh, this bad boy can fit so many genres in it, and all of them are metaphors for being a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. I would ask people to guess it, but I don't I I genuinely don't think anybody would know what this is. <laughs> I know what it's not. Yeah, it's, it, it is not Madoka Magica. It is an anime, though. A, specifically a magical girl anime, if that. Hmm. Well, we've had Sailor Moon Cardcaptor, Revolutionary Girl Utena. See, Utena's the only one that had metaphors. All the other ones are, like, text. <laughs> well, there was plenty of text uh, on Utena. Yeah, yeah, this one, this one is both metaphors and text, so. Oh, wait, is it? Is this Flip Flappers? It's Flip Flappers! Okay. <laughs> I've seen the first episode of that, and I thought, hey, that looked pretty cool. And, and then I left the room. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's flip flappers. Uh, for people who are unaware of what that is, uh, flip flappers is a comedy magical girl anime created by Studio Three Eight Z. It is their third anime, uh, their second original one, and one of my personal favorite anime I've seen. But it is one that I also struggle to recommend to people because it has some issues. <laughs> ah. And so I have taken it upon myself to make Flip Flappers the best anime there ever is. And also because it's Valentine's Day, I'm making it gayer. Woo! Nice. So going into this, I I was like, I am going to make very detailed notes on every single episode and every single change that I would make. And then I got to I got to episode seven and I was like, I fucking hate doing this. (laughs) And this is I have eight pages of notes already. This is not going to be listenable. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, so instead, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to kind of do that by just reading off the Wikipedia summaries for each episode, talking about specific things that I would change about them. I am still kind of using my notes, so I have to re- reread through them just to make sure I know what's going on. I will start with the big blanket change that I would make to the series, uh, which is that it has the issue of that a lot of anime have, where it sexualizes its female cast way too much. Mm-hmm. And the main characters of this anime are middle schoolers, which makes it a lot worse. Uh, Japan. Oh, Japan. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> so, so all of that's gone. Just not none of that. But it, it the, a weird point about this is the only other anime I've seen from the studio uh, is, is called Princess Principal, and it has a cast consisting of uh, mostly sixteen-year-old girls. And they are never once sexualized. And I just, I find it weird that maybe they listen to people's complaints and were like, you know what, let's not do this again. <laughs> Instead, they have the one adult character just constantly boobs, which, like, somebody has to make the sacrifice. <laughs> I guess. I, I, one, yeah. <laughs> one change I also considered making is that uh, was making the protagonist college students, which also would kind of get out of the, like, uh, the sexualization is really bad. Uh, and also because there are very few Yuri anime focused around adult relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is one specific episode of the show that hinges on the fact that the two main characters are middle school students in particular. And it's such an important episode to the overarching romance of the show that I was like, I can't change this. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which we'll we'll get to that uh, in a bit. That is the episode I wrote the most notes for because it's a really good episode. But we'll get to it. So the first episode. Kokona, an ordinary schoolgirl who lives with her grandmother and uncertain about her future career, meets a peculiar girl named Papika. Along with a robot named TT392, the two girls fall into a tunnel and wind up in a snow-laden world known as Pure Illusion. Just as Papika informs Kokona that she is searching for a treasure somewhere in Pure Illusion, the girls suddenly come up against giant snow-covered beasts, with Kokona losing her glasses in the process. As Papika falls into an ocean while trying to get the glasses back, Kokona suddenly awakens a power inside of her and rescues Papika. Afterwards, the two manage to return to the real world, with Kokona now in possession of a blue amorphous fragment, uh, before the two girls are suddenly captured. So a lot happens in the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the notes I've written, the first 
important note I put down was Poppyka rides around on a flying surfboard, and I just think that's baller as hell. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the second note is that the intro song is very, very good. Uh, and the lyrics of it do a very good job of hinting at the relationship that will form between Papika and Kokona. It's basically like a really high-energy love song. Uh, I'm not going to read off the, all of the lyrics to it, because that would take forever. And not, I don't think be pleasant listening either. But the final lyric of the song is, Miracles can't surprise me anymore. I found the love I was destined to find. Which, like, a little gay. <laughs> and also, uh, it ends with them... I'm trying to pull up the picture that I just... I, while I was watching it, I took a bunch of screenshots of every time they did something overtly gay. And so this, the final scene of the thing is them just cuddling under an umbrella. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, I don't know how to describe it, but it features a very funny scene uh, where there is a combat scene featuring a boy just spinning around firing off lasers with a completely blank expression on his face. It literally looks like they just took a PNG of him in Photoshop and just rotated it, rotated it 360 degrees a few times. Like, there's no animation done to it all, at all. It's just him spinning, and it makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> so, so immediately after the intro, uh, and this isn't covered in the summary I read off, Kokona has a dream where she is sitting in a boat and there is another person with her, uh, a woman in a white dress. The woman says, welcome home, and Kokona wakes up. This is a concept they started in the first episode and then just never did for the rest of the episodes, where they tried to hint at the overarching plot that will happen in the final two episodes. <laughs> so one change I want to make is this anime has a pacing issue. It, it, it's no plot and then plot for two episodes and it's very hard to keep track of so what i'm I, what my plan was was to cut a bunch of episodes to leave room for actual development to happen at the end okay and then i also in the episodes that don't have the development i wanted to feature more like weird sort of dream hints things about what's gonna happen okay okay i don't know what those would be that'd be up for writers and i am not a writer but we're gonna have them <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna have writers They'll figure it out. So, on, on a, uh, to compare it to something else that is mostly bonkers and then suddenly has a little bit of plot at some point, I'm for, I keep thinking of Fooly Cooly. I've never seen Fooly Cooly, but I feel like it, it feels like it might be similar. Like they, they definitely have a very similar aesthetic, for one thing. I, I struggle to say whether Fooly Cooly even has filler, because it's only like six episodes long. But I think you have to wait until episode four to get any kind of plot. And the next episode, they say that wasn't the real plot. And then, like, the last half of the last episode is like, here's the real plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, this one has, it's a 13 episode anime. And it does have a few filler episodes. But a lot of the filler, like, is setting up, it's, it's very focused around the relationship between the two main girls. Well, that's, that's like the purpose of filler, is if it's not moving the plot along, you want to establish yeah. the characters, so that you care about them more when plot does start to happen to them. Yeah, and, and I, it, does, it does a decent job of doing that. It, do, it does have the then problem, though, of when you get to the end, you're like, what the fuck just happened? 
So much happened. None of, none of, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was unaware Fooly Cooly is only six episodes. Apparently it had like two seasons after that, which I haven't seen and nobody liked as far as I can tell. Well, that's, that's how it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when, when Kokodo and Papika meet each other, it, it's technically the second time they've met because Kokona uh, first sees her while she's taking a test and Papika just flies across the sky in, on her surfboard. Uh, but the second time they meet, uh, there, I, I put down two important details of the scene. First, uh, there is immediately a bait and switch where it looks like Papika is about to kiss Kokona, but instead, because she's a weirdo, she just sniffs her. I mean, that's still kind of gay. It is, it, is, it is definitely still gay, but like... Yeah, it's a bit of a weird power move. It, it... <laughs> <laughs> just sniff. Yeah, just sniff. Weird I... sniff, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, she even like she even says like sniff sniff <laughs> while she's sniffing. So it's 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 very much a power move. Uh, so I would not make changes to the scene. Uh, but keep just keep this in your memory banks. Uh, they also introduce another character, which is the robot called TT three nine two. They ha- they have a nickname for him, but I don't remember what the nickname is because I fucking hate this character. <laughs> oh Wait, it's boo wh- it's Buchan. that's what they call him so something something's returning to me is the robot a perv yeah the rope my note was they introduced the pervert robot in this scene oh okay Ugh. so yeah most a lot of shonen anime have a comedic relief character with heavy air quotes uh whose whole gimmick is just sexual harassment and in this one the character is also a wally no! Oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, so, so he sucks. I I still keep in my reboot, reboot, but make him like a wholesome, sweet robot like Wally instead of a weird fucking pervert. <laughs> he just wants your love. He just wants love. Uh, so so then once they enter into the world of pure illusion, uh, there's a very cute scene where both of them are playing in the snow. Uh, and I think it's an important one to note because much of the early episodes, uh, the relationship between them is on some level adversarial. Kokoda uh, seems very reluctant to go along on the adventures, and she tends to yell a bit about how much she does not want to go on it, and Papika just does not have boundaries, so she doesn't care. Which I, I would change as well, like, make her a bit more caring. Mm-hmm. But this scene in particular helps establish that uh, she does still enjoy going to these places, and that also she does not hate Papika because, like, we don't want them to hate each other. They're gonna they're gonna be girlfriends at the end, which we'll get to. Yeah, it's it's the classic <laughs> of uptight girl who doesn't know how to break out of her shell and manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very very much so. Manic, may- pixie, manic pixie dream girls are legal. When it's for sapphic reasons. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Everything's legal when it's for well, not everything, but most things. Mm-hmm. It's not important to the plot, but there's a very funny scene in the episode where uh, the robot gets hit on the top of his head, uh, and Papika opens him up to see how she could fix it. Uh, inside of the robot is just a hyper-realistic human brain, and there is a lengthy <laughs> silent beat 
And then she just stop, shuts the top of the robot and leaves it. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's such a just, like, obvious, like, what the fuck is going on? I'm not going to deal with this. <laughs> and then immediately after that, and not immediately after that, like ten minutes later, but it's the next note I have. Uh, they have the first magical girl transformation. Ooh. Uh, and an important note about it, uh, it is done when Kokona thinks that Papika is dying, and she transforms to save her life. A consistent thing in the series is that Kokona and Papika both transform when either closest to each other or worried about each other. And it's, it's very much a sort of power of love sort of thing going on. And I would like to make that even more overt. Like, put some hearts and shit into the transformation sequences. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's pre-cure this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the episode, not including the post credit scene, ends with Papika asking Coconut to go on another adventure with her. There's, like, really st- sweet, like, string music, romantic stuff starting to swell. And then the music immediately stops and Coconut just says no. No. <laughs> and then the anime ends. It's done. <laughs> No. <laughs> I, was, I was like, really? Yep. Yeah, well, uh, well, according to you, that's when the anime ends. <laughs> or at least in your experience, that's when it ends. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I watched a few episodes more, but I, I remember, like, maybe it was the first two or three episodes, and then it was like, okay, it was Anime Club. It's like, okay, next on the docket, we're going to watch, I don't know, I don't even know what we watched after that, that night. <laughs> I, I don't remember any anime I've watched. I say, talking about an anime I've watched. I have a list of 25 anime I would like to see based on the one episode of them I've seen, and I have not watched anime for a good, like, five years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's honestly, that's honestly fair. A lot of it is not great. <laughs> yeah, um, Sturgeon's Law definitely applies to anime, where 90% of it is pretty disposable. Yeah. Uh, so then we have the credit song. Which is a very cute bop. Uh, it's animated in a sort of storybook style, and it's just a really fun and cute song that also features some pretty overtly romantic lyrics. Okay. So the next episode, because the post-credit scene was already covered in the summary, uh, it, it's it's weird because like it, it's it sets up a cliffhanger for the post-credit scene, and then the next episode just ignores that it happened. Like, the two girls get captured and then everything's fine. I I don't know quite what happened. I don't know if we were supposed to, like, have more to that. But, you know, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, the second episode is Pure Converter. Having managed to escape from whoever captured her, Papika, who is unable to go through the tunnel again without Kokona, transfers into her school, much to the annoyance of Yayaka, Kokona's childhood friend. On top of dealing with Papika, Kokona also has to deal with her pet rabbit, mm-hmm. Yukuskulu. Oh? Y- y- Yakus. So. Yakuza Zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my favorite rabbit, Yakuza Zero. I'm gonna drop how it's spelled in. Because I. I, I, want, I want to see how people would attempt to pronounce this. Rexcule? <laughs> it looks like a Basque word. And I don't know Basque. 
So he's named after a German biologist. Oh. I don't think there's a reason for that. Like, I don't think there's some big plot reason. I think they were just like, let's give him a weird fucking name. Historic German family. Don't mess with the German biology fandom. There's five of us. <laughs> Historic German so, name. So, of, yeah. Ixkila, uh, which is a town in Latvia. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, there's a pronunciation video on YouTube. And oh boy, this family has produced a lot of very interesting people. I guess somebody wanted to make some sort of either a referential deep cut or they're being difficult. According to YouTube, it's Uxkul. Uxkul. <laughs> the anime definitely pronounces it as Yukuskelu, though. Mm-hmm. So we're going with that one. Okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, Yukuskelu goes to school with coconut in her bag. Upon following Ukuskelu after he gets sucked up by a strange device under a statue, Coconut and Pabika end up in yet another pure illusion where they happen to grow at rabbit ears and tails and start to develop a desire to nibble things. Uh. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, a red flag. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, funny at, it's funny at first because they don't make it weird, but then they make it weird. And so. Of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. So, like, we'll keep just the, like, funniness of it. Cut the weird stuff. <laughs> While retrieving another amorphous fragment, Papika inadvertently activates a giant device with coconut and an anthropomorphic Yuskelu, known as the Green Knight, caged inside of it. Just as coconut and the Green Knight are about to be dipped in lava, Papika awakens her own power and rescues them, helping them escape back to the real world. Afterwards, Papika takes Coconut to her organization called Flip Flap, where the leader, Salt, sends them to another pure illusion. I love the name Salt. It's a very fun name. I also love the name Akuskelu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me find the image of him as the Green Knight because he looks like a JoJo character, and I really enjoy that. Oh. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I should all, uh, here's, here's what, here's what, no, that was the wrong button. This is what he looks like normally. <laughs> That's a Digimon. Yeah. Those are both Digimon, actually. Those are Digimon. <laughs> yeah, this is, that, that is absolutely the, the evolution line. <laughs> so, so, when Papika joins the school, she dresses up in that because she's never been to an actual school. So she just assumes, based on anime, that's how schoolgirls dress. Sure. Sure. Which, it's it's an amusing bit. And to be fair, there's been some pretty elaborate schoolgirl uniforms in anime before, so... Yeah. Uh, Much of this episode, unlike the last episode, focuses on the adversarial relationship forming between the two girls. Uh, Papika wants to adventure and be friends with Kokona. While Kokona seemingly does not want that at all. Uh, she seems pretty embarrassed to be around her and is frequently telling her to go away. The subbed version of the anime, I think, does a far better job of showcasing why Kokona feels this way. Part of it is that she just doesn't, didn't have a good time during the last episode. But more importantly, and this is showcased through flashbacks, she doesn't want to adventure because she's concerned about Papika getting hurt again. I'd find some way to play this up more and make it seem less like Coconut overtly hates her, because that makes the quick change in the relationship that they have a bit odd. Yeah. You can definitely have it be a situation where, like, 
Papika keeps on wandering into places that she could get injured, and Coconut just kind of has to grab her, like, no, no, get get back on the path. Don't yeah. wander into the weird forest, please. Or wherever they are. I assume that there's a weird forest at some point. Uh, I kind of feel like the first episode was the weird forest. Okay, then I don't, the weird, the weird, wherever they are, weird car wash. Yeah. It's an anime. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. There is not a car wash episode. That's 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 the first thing on the docket to fix. The <laughs> car wash episode. <laughs> they just go through a car wash and that's it. <laughs> it's like it's like a three minute long episode. <laughs> Shark Tale tribute episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so Papika and Coconut get in danger again, and Coconut yells at Papika, and during that she says, "What'll happen if you die?" Further establishing her anger is not at directed specifically at Papika but about her safety as a whole. And then the, the second tri- magical girl transformation happens again, and again, it's to save the other girl, and that's a very consistent theme throughout. Uh, and one thing to note about their magical girl transformations, they are color swaps of each other. Okay. Ordinarily, Coconut has, like, bluish uh, black hair, and during when she's transformed, she has pink hair. And the inverse would be... Uh, Papika normally has, like, pink-orange hair, and when transformed, her hair is blue. Which I just, I, I enjoy that little color-coding thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next episode I'm cutting, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so it is an, a slightly interesting episode, because, a, as I mentioned in my hint, a lot of the episodes emulate different pieces or styles of media, and this one emulates Mad Max. Okay. okay. That sounds pretty dope for Magical Girls. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it 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 is dope. It also features like a really uncomfortably horny scene, and I just <laughs> it oh, kind no. of ruins it. Kind of ruins the rest of the episode. <laughs> it doesn't involve any of the teenage girls, so that's a step in the right direction. But like, we didn't need it at all. The bar is low, but at least you passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so the next episode after that is pure equalization, stating that their transformations are dependent on them syncing together their impedance levels otherwise known as feelings, Hidaka, a scientist at Flip Flap, suggests that Coconut and Papika should spend some time living together. The next day at school, the girls come across Yayaka, who briefly hints that their organization called Asclepius? Asclepius? Asclepius. Ruled by the High Priest, is allegedly gathering the amorphous fragments for the sake of world conquest. After school, the girls begin their mutual living lifestyle, staying at the tunnel from earlier which Papika had decorated. The next day, the girls visit a deserted island for some food, only to wind up becoming stranded after Papika's hoverboard gets washed away. While making the most of the situation, Coconut explains how she always wanted to meet her parents, who died around the time of her birth. With their feelings synced by the experience, Coconut and Papika set off together towards another pure illusion. As there's not much to change about the episode. It's very just focused on their relationship with each other and how it's kind of improving. Yeah. So, an example of a good filler episode. Yeah, yeah a, a good filler episode. Uh, okay, time for the best fucking episode of the show. All right. <laughs> uh, it's called Pure Echo. So, this uh, is, in my opinion, the best episode of the show. And honestly, I think it's maybe one of the best anime episodes I've ever seen. Uh, I would not make a single change to it, but I am going to talk a lot about it anyway, because I think it is a masterclass of thematic storytelling and the point where the anime really starts to become a love story. 
Sweet. <laughs> so, it's also a horror episode. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Coconut and Poppycut arrive in Pure Illusion, this time set in a gloomy version of their school, where they briefly spot Yayaka before she disappears somewhere. The girls soon come across some spooky-looking schoolgirls, who dress them up in their uniform and have them join in their school activities. As the girls find themselves doing the same activities every day while getting oddly close with each other, Yayaka informs Coconut that they are stuck in a constant loop. Realizing that they must escape before the clock strikes only 11 times at midnight and time loops again, Coconut and Papika discover a hidden exit and follow Yayaka's group to a suspicious clock town. Coconut and Yayaka get ensnared by numerous mysterious limbs, but Papika manages to transform and save them, allowing Coconut to transform, stop the loop, and retrieve an amorphous fragment before Yayaka helps them escape to the real world. So first is an image of the creepy schoolgirls. Oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are a little bit creepy. <laughs> That's some Silent Hill shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as the, the subtitles kind of show, they, they, they say greetings, but they say it like, greetings. But like, super bass boosted. It's very <laughs> disturbing. The, the atmosphere in general in this episode is incredibly creepy. And while there aren't any jump scares... There are some moments that made me scream the first time I watched it, because it is, it is like, actually pretty scary. Uh, this is also the specific episode that would not work if Coconut and Papika were anything but middle schoolers. Okay. And the, the reason for it is that this episode focuses on a variety of relationship common in Japanese culture for middle school girls, which is called a Class S Relationship. And it uses the horror elements of this episode to both showcase the comfort a relationship like this can bring to young lesbians discovering themselves, but also how it can leave young lesbians feeling trapped and unable to move on. Uh, in my opinion, this is the most important episode of the series, not just for its quality, but because it is a turning point of self-discovery for Coconut. So there, there's a trope listed on TV Tropes called Romantic Two-Girl Friendships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and class S relationships represent a cultural belief for Japanese society that there is an expectation for young girls, particularly in middle school, to have friendships that emulate the feeling of a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of some homophobic shit, this is treated as a way to help train young girls for a real relationship with men. And this culture is why a lot of anime focused around girls in middle school feature very intimate friendships. I found that media depictions of these relationships are especially common in magical girl media, such as Sailor Moon and Precure, mm-hmm. uh, and in slice of life anime such as Lucky Star and Kaon. Uh, this is also the reason that the vast majority of Yuri media involves girls in middle school, because it's culturally acceptable for girls in middle school to have a pseudo romantic relationship with each other. A lot of Yuri media doesn't have to acknowledge the sexuality of their characters and instead can hide behind the explanation that they're just gals being pals. (laughs) And that once they grow older, they're going to enter into a quote-unquote real relationship. And so Yuri Media, that really stands out to me as ones uh, that really stand out to me as different from these, are ones that either are set after this stage in life, or ones that explicitly acknowledge that these types of relationships exist and use that to showcase that actually these characters are sapphic in some way, and that's integral to their identities so all of that long-winded explanation is an important setup for why i consider pure echo to be my favorite episode of flip flappers uh this episode features coconut 
and Papika at their closest in the series so far. There's a lot of hand-holding, cuddling, uh, indirect kisses, and while the episode starts out terrifying, these intimate moments between the two are very calm. <laughs> Uh, and so none of this is explicitly stated, but I like to think of the shift from horror to cute slice of life stuff in this episode to be allegorical to how entering into a relationship, especially as an LGBTQ individual, can be really scary. But once you're there and with someone you care about, it can bring a lot of comfort. Yeah. Mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, as the summary kind of showed, the core concept of this episode is a time loop. And as Kokona grows closer to Papika, the thought of breaking the loop seems harder for her to do. There is a certain comfort in being essentially alone together and free to be as close as they wish to be, but eventually they have to leave and the episode becomes very much a horror episode again. Leaving the time loop is referencing leaving middle school, leaving the period of time where a relationship between two girls is not only acceptable, but encouraged. Uh, the episode becomes horror again because Kokona realizes that she doesn't want to leave behind this relationship and enter in a world where she's discouraged from feeling this way about Papika. The usage of horror in this episode is focused on showcasing the fear that can come with discovering you're not straight, and I think it really does so fantastically. Well, that's, that's kind of the whole thing about the episode. I just, I really like it. That's a really good TED Talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. No, oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think... I there's an inherent queerness to middle school relationships and like obviously there's a very specific um a variant in Japan. Yeah. But I also think just because how do I word this? In the North American media, there seem to only be these days two kinds of queer relationships you see, which is either the coming out story in high school or like hypersexual comedic relationships when you're an adult. Yeah. Like, you do, we don't... Obviously, they exist, but we don't get exposed necessarily to a lot of grown-up rom-com gays. They're always, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of a horny, sexy thing, uh, or a fantastical thing when you're grown up, or when you're young. It's just, it's the coming-out story, and it's like... I, I want to say that we as a society have progressed past the coming-out story, but also, like, being in that space in life and seeing it in fiction, it is kind of comfortable. It's like, you... All you have to do is come to terms with yourself, and then you're done. Like, the, the only hurdle is to come out, and everything else is fine. And, like, we know yeah. it's not, but that's how the stories are represented, and I understand how it can be very comforting to just kind of read those stories over and over again and think back to that point. It's like, well, the, uh, I'm gonna do it, and then it'll be great. I just have to push the coming out button, and then a boyfriend will manifest. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I think this episode does a very good job of... It's, it is... It is, in a way, the show's coming out story, because the show's in a weird state because some people list it as a Yuri anime, and some do not. Like, it's very... I, and I don't think the creators of the show have necessarily stated whether or not the relationship was intentional. With this episode existing, like, if this episode doesn't, didn't exist, I could maybe see it being an accident. But this episode, I, it feels just such a specific, like, way of having a coming out story, but in a way that also recognizes that that's not the end-all be-all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and not only that, but that it can actually be, like, scarier to be out. Oh, yeah. Which I just, I think is, is very good. Uh, and so the Flip Flappers, to me, has three episodes that really are just fantastic. And they all come right after another. So the next episode is Pure Play. 
Uh, Coconut and Papika end up going through a strange gate, following another encounter with Yayaka in a pure illusion. During this time, they enter an alternate world in which they are both parts of a girl named Iroh. As Coconut, or maybe it's Iro, I don't know. I, I think it's Iro because Iro makes me think of the old man from Avatar. It's, anyway. it's Iro. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite Greek food. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so as Coconut experiences being an Iro beloved by her grandmother named Yuki, Papika experiences being an Iro who is abused by her parents, the two of which would occasionally switch places. As the two look more into this world, Iro falls into despair after Yuki loses her memories of her due to having Alzheimer's disease, leading the two heroes to realize they are one and the same. This episode is fucking like it hits. Mm-hmm. Hard. Yeah. Uh, finding hope in a bottle of nail polish left behind by Yuki, Iro is able to get Yuki to recognize her. Realizing that Iro was actually their upperclassman from the art club, Iroha Irodori, the girls find her wearing the nail polish that Yuki gave her. So yeah, this this episode's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> It is, uh, it's very much a tearjerker. Like, I, I showed this anime to my friends a while back, and we had to stop, we had to pause watching the show because everyone was just crying and could not deal with another episode right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it is absolute, it's, it's a really beautiful story about living a life full of both happy and sad moments, and how it can be difficult to come to terms with the sad when you'd much rather live in the happy but also that the sad moments in life will eventually catch up to you, and it's better to accept that they are part of your life than to just try to focus on everything else. To me, it hits the same emotional notes of, like, the first ten minutes of Up. Yeah. It's just a very good and concise story that is equally heartwarming and heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, it also, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't do anything to expand the relationship between Papika and Kokina, but it does showcase... An important detail at the end, which is that the actions that they're making in Pure Illusion, which is the sort of alternate reality world that they visit every time, basically every episode, their actions are bleeding into the real world, uh, which will totally not be an important detail coming up. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where my notes end. So now I'm just, we're off the rails. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just bringing up Alzheimer's. Um, I I think I've I don't know if I mentioned this, but my own grandmother, uh, she has dementia. There's a bit of a genetic aspect to it because her father also had dementia. So now I'm like, oh, crap. But, you know, it because anime is so focused on young people, I you don't really get to see... Well, most media, it's focused on young people. So you don't really get to see yeah. something like Alzheimer's being portrayed and hopefully being portrayed well. Yeah, I, I, so I, my great grandmother had either Alzheimer's or dementia in the very like last few months of her life, mm-hmm. and I, I only interacted with her once when that was a thing, but it was still like, it was very difficult to handle. Yeah, and I, I do think that this episode does a very good job of handling it in a mature and realistic way. Yeah, because. <sighs> It's hard to see someone you know kind of disappearing in front of you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, uh... This, this is why we... 
Yeah, we we needed like genuinely like a half hour break after this episode because it it does not pull its punches. And it's really it just it fascinates me that those two episodes exist like right after another. Mm-hmm. Like the it I I I really wish every other episode of this anime was as like focused and good as these two episodes are because I, I i do think that if every other episode was as good as these two episodes i would not have anything to reboot because it would be a perfect anime right yeah it it like it genuinely feels like different people wrote these episodes than the rest of the show which uh looking at wikipedia that is somewhat true the the the, the final episodes which are the the ones that kind of go off the rails are written by an entirely different person than these episodes oh that's not a good sign <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good sign. But we'll get to that. <laughs> the next episode I also think is it's it's to me it's not as good as the the last two episodes, but it's still pretty good. It's a pure component. Coconut and Papika notice that Iroha has been acting differently, throwing away all of her old paintings and spending more time with others, which Hidaka suspects is a ripple effect caused by what they did while in the gate. As Coconut becomes hesitant about going to pure illusion again out of fear of changing reality further, she ends up in a pure illusion identical to her own world, where she encounters several versions of Papika, each with a different personality, ranging from a little sister-type figure to a promiscuous lady. Mm. Despite spending time with the various Papikas, Coconut ultimately decides that she prefers the original Papika, who manages to find Coconut before she is sucked into a black hole. After returning with Coconut to the real world, Papika's amorphous fragment glows, showing her a vision of a woman named Mimi. The first thing about this episode is, is it's a very lonely episode. Like, despite Coconut being with a bunch of different versions of Papika, which they're, they, they aren't all in the same room together, they switch between each other as scenes change, D- despite that, it's very clear that Poppy or Coconut is very lonely in this episode. None of these versions of Poppyka she is interacting with make her as happy as being with the normal and standard Poppyka. And I think it's the the themes of this episode are very much to showcase that even when she is angry at Poppyka, she still very much cares about her and she wouldn't trade her for anybody else, which I think is is very sweet. Yeah. Accepting yourself and accepting others, that sounds pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It very much is. I, I do also think, like, the the different Papikas she meets are, like, reflections of various different feelings she has. Like, the little sister type, like, personality thing is her reflection of her protective nature over Papika. Whereas the promiscuous lady is like, oh, maybe I have feelings for this woman. But totally not, right? I'm definitely not gay. <laughs> Hashtag no homo. Ha- Hashtag no homo. Oh, God. I forgot. One of the Poppycas has the best design ever. But I'll describe it anyway, because this is not new media. <laughs> uh, she has a massive fucking pompadour, and it's really oh, yeah. obvious. <laughs> it's... It's... It's so good. Like that's that's the the sort of punk personality. Mm-hmm. Like their interactions are like that. Papika is just messing with her. I think also. I think one yeah one of the other Papikas is just a dude, 
And that one is the one she has the most like romantic feelings for, which I think is reflecting like she is trying to come to terms with the fact that she likes girls. And so she's like, I'll make my girl that friend that I totally don't have feelings for into a guy. So that way I can definitely have feelings for her, which I think is a, another good theme. Yeah. And then the, the, the Mimi detail at the end is a thing that we'll get to, but it's, it's setting up the latter episodes of the show. And so again, like throw that more into the other episodes, like have it more than mentioned just once. Yeah. <laughs> so the next episode is pure breaker. Right. Fuck. This episode sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's not completely bad. I, it's, it's like the Mad Max episode where I think it has really good moments that are undercut by like that. This didn't, we didn't need this horniness. This is bad. Oh, they they go into pure illusion while at the school swimming pool, which I think tells you like the details you would need to know about the episode. Yep, <sighs> just being weird about. It's also preteen girls in swimsuits. Yep. Yep. It's yeah. also it. Th- this is kind of not. Re- it's never stated in the show, but each pure illusion for each episode is based off of a, a different character in the series. It's based off of their like consciousness and their memories and such, how they see the world. And this episode is based off of the pervert robot. So. Oh, no, God. Yeah, it's not great, but it also it ends with a giant mecha battle. And like that kind of rules. Yeah, so if we just take the perversion out of the robot, then we can have sweet mecha fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we take the perversion out of the robot... You can have the sweet mecha fight. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's just like, it's a, it, it reminds me of Pacific Rim in the sense that they're all piloting the mech together and their relationship with each other, like, affects the mech and they're fighting a giant monster and it's really cool and just, I wish the, the rest of the episode didn't exist. <laughs> but the end of the episode, Papika calls Kokona Mimi and that's what the episode ends on. It ends on her calling her Mimi. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> so the next episode is Pure Mute. Threatened with being replaced in Asclepius, Yayaka is given one more chance to seal all of Kokona and Papika's amorphous fragments. Meanwhile, Kokona has a falling out with Papika, as Papika keeps presumably confusing Kokona for someone else. As this feud carries over into the next Pure Illusion, resembling a white area, Kokona gets caught in a defense trap designed as a locked room alongside Toto and Yuyu who are also members of Asclepius. Uh, they work with Yayaka. I don't know why the summary hasn't mentioned them before, because they're actually kind of important characters in the plot, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, Toto and Yuyu declare a ceasefire until they can find a way to escape. Observing Papika and Yayaka fighting outside, Kokona, whose wavering emotions start to affect the trap, recalls how she first became friends with Yayaka in a hospital during childhood. As Yayaka attacks Papika when the latter tries to rescue Kokona, it is Kokona who manages to break free from the trap, only to be thrust into a, converse- a confrontation against Yayaka. However, Yayaka manages to beat Kokona, yet unable to bring herself to remove the amorphous fragment in Kokona's body, leading Toto and Yuyu to turn against her. As Yayaka is brought back to Flip Flap for medical attention, Papika starts asking about Mimi, who she reveals to be her old partner. We'll get to that detail in a bit. 
So this is the first episode where Kokura says I love you to Papaka. Important detail. Again, don't know why the summary didn't mention that. Yeah. Hmm. She, she breaks out of the trap that she was in by just screaming I love you to Papika. And it's, it's a very touching moment. Obviously, it's the first time they directly say that they love each other. Or at least one of them does. I'll be honest. I didn't finish rewatching the anime. <laughs> Getting on there. Uh, so I am, I am doing this mostly off of memory, but I believe it also comes in the form of yet another magical girl transformation based on their love for each other. Okay. <laughs> Just so gay. This, I think, is the last episodic episode of the show. From here on out, it, it, the, the final four episodes, so I was, I was a bit disingenuous. It's four episodes, not two. The final four episodes are very plot-focused, but I would, again, have put more episodes earlier to help establish the plot that's coming forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next episode is Pure Jitter. Papika has regained her memories, but is hesitant to tell Kokona about Mimi. Later, Yaika explains to Kokona that the power to rule over pure illusion will be granted to whoever gathers all of the amorphous fragments. Just then, the flip-flap base comes under attack by Toto and Yuyu, who state that Yayaka only befriended Kokona to keep an eye on the amorphous fragment in her body. As Yayaka holds off Toto and Yuyu long enough for Kokona to escape with Papika, Kokona stops Papika to tell her about Mimi, who had been showing up in her dreams. So the, the figure mentioned in the first episode is this character named Mimi. Long ago, when she was known as Papikana, Papika was brought to a mysterious organization where she befriended Mimi and met a young Salt. As Salt got permission for ya Papika to show Mimi a lake for the first time, the girls ended up becoming partners who could travel to Pure Illusion. Believing that she is being treated as a substitute for Mimi, Kokona runs off back home only to discover that her grandmother is actually an Asclepius robot. What? Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Cyber Granny! <laughs> I, I kind of forgot that detail, so it caught me off guard too. I did, remember her, I did remember her grandmother being evil, but I did not remember her being a robot. Uh, so, before Coconut can be captured, amorphous fragments suddenly gather towards her, leading Coconut to become possessed by Mimi, revealed to be her mother. So this is where things get weird. Yeah. This is where things get weird. Yeah, well, this is where things get really weird. Like, I, I, this, this anime gives you like a very specific idea of what's gonna happen with it, and then the final episodes are like, nope, you were wrong. <laughs> it's weirder. <laughs> so Mimi is Kokona's mother. Okay. And she is also the primary villain of the series. Also, Papika worked with Mimi, which leads to some questions. Because Papika is definitely Kokona's age. And the questions are answered, I think, in the next episode? Time warp. Hmm. Let me read just to make sure that, uh... Nope, it's not mentioned in the next episode, so they just leave you with that confusion for a bit. <laughs> and so I will leave everyone with that confusion for a bit. The next episode is called Pure Storage. Mimi having taken control of <laughs> Sorry, Kokona's body... that's just a weird title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mimi, having taken control of Kokona's body, uses her ability to manipulate nature to overthrow the High Priest and take over Asclepius, deciding that pure illusion is a world for Kokona alone. Meanwhile, Yayaka arrives to protect Hidaka and Sayuri from the third amorphous child, Nyunyu. Nyunyu? Nyunyu. 
As Salt confronts Mimi, he recalls how his father learned of how pure illusion could affect the real world following an experiment that drove him crazy. After Mimi gave birth to Kokona, who is also revealed to be Salt's daughter, uh, their organization attempted to separate them during an escape attempt. Just then, another personality sprung, sprung up inside of Mimi, taking control of her and unleashing te tentacle powers. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. Maybe, maybe we'll cut the tentacle power stuff, because that, that does have some implications sometimes in Japanese media. Mm -hmm. uh, so before she could escape with Kokona, she was thwarted by Papika, leading Mimi to become the amorphous fragments. Back in the present, Papika appears before this Mimi, who subdues Salt and escapes with Kokona's body. Meanwhile, Kokona finds herself in pure illusion, set in a canoe down a river, where Mimi tries to sway her to stay forever. As pure illusion starts to affect the real world, Salt gives an amorphous fragment to Yayaka, who encourages Papika to come with her to pure illusion to save Kokona. So, the pure illusion thing in this is, the, is exactly the dream that started at, with the very first episode. And so I think I would like to throw in some references to that, again, moreover, through the course of the anime. Okay. Because mm -hmm. it, it is somewhat easy to forget that that scene happened in the first place because it's only mentioned, well, it's only shown once and it's never mentioned. So I think just make it, make it so that everyone for sure has a, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Coconut got sent up Shit Creek without a paddle, so... <laughs> yeah. Okay, next up is Pure Howling. Feeling a sense of familiarity of where they had arrived, Papika leads Yaika to where Kokona is, only to be confronted by Mimi, who forces them to go through all the pure illusion worlds they faced before. I, I enjoy this part of the show because it's very much just like a video game boss rush. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, hey, I remember that. As Yaika struggles against fighting Wellwitzsha, which is a character from the, the episode I cut, so. We'll figure out a way to fix that. <laughs> uh, Yayaka uses her desire to be friends with Kokona with an amorphous fragment in order to perform her own transformation. Meanwhile, as Hidaka stays behind to remotely give TT392 the fervent robot an upgrade, Salt, Sayori, and Nyunyu head for the Escapulous base, where Yuyu is treating Toto's injuries. Mimi sends the giant humanoid robot to fight Yayaka, while using her own powers to rewrite Papika's memories. However, Kokona is encouraged by her true mother to make her own decisions, helping Papika to remember that what Mimi truly wished for was for Kokona to have her own freedom. Managing to reunite and obtain a new transformation, Kokona and Papika prepare to fight against Mimi. So, the new transformation is a very important thing. I'm going to share an image of what it looks like, and you can guess what it's supposed to represent. Oh, oh, who could? Can, who, wh what can I say? To I can that? hear the Mendelssohn playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, the new transformations are just like very overtly wedding dresses. <laughs> uh, I believe this is also the episode where, when Kokona and Papika are reunited, they spend like a full minute just saying "I love you" to each other, okay. and like. <laughs> It's it is very very gay. Wait, what the fuck? They okay. The summary never mentions what went on with Papika, <laughs> so I'm gonna explain what went on with Papika. What happened to Papika? So, when when they escaped from the like experimentation lab place, 
when Mimi and Papika uh, escaped with Coconut. I think, again, I do not remember for sure, but I am pretty sure that Papika was trapped inside of a tree in Pure Illusion. And because Pure Illusion is a weird place that messes with things, uh, Papika was constantly in a shifting age. Like, at some point she was a really old lady, and other points she was a toddler, and stuff like that. And so, in the process, her memories were completely wiped. So, at the start of the show, she remembers basically nothing about what happened before. Okay. And when, when she gets out of pure illusion, she ends up at the same age as Kokona, as just a middle school girl. It's weird. Like, I don't think... The show doesn't really explain, like, why it happened. Which, I, I guess respect to them for that. Like, it is a power move to just be like, you know what, nobody needs to know. <laughs> but it also, like, they could have they tried to make it make sense. At least a little bit. Yeah. I think I would try to make it make more sense. I've also considered, like, cutting it entirely. Because there is a, a part of me that's like, it is a bit weird to have a romantic relationship between Kokona and Papika when Papika technically knew Kokona when she was a baby. Yeah. But at the same time, like, Papikana and Papika are treated as two separate characters despite being the same character. So I don't know if it's necessarily as skeezy as it might seem, but I think also, like, it could be safe to just be like, nah, we're, we're not dealing with that. Because it, uh, it ultimately doesn't add too much to the show. Yeah. It's just a weird layer where they were like, let's make things weird again. Uh, so the final episode is pure audio. Using their new transformations, Kokono and Papika go up against the dark Mimi, who sends regenerating monsters after them. Just then, Salt uses his father's equipment to enter pure illusion, where he reunites with the real Mimi. Determined to destroy everything and start anew, the dark Mimi undergoes her own transformation to unleash her full power, but is stopped by Coconut and Papika after they realize their love for each other. As pure illusion starts to close up, Papika sends Coconut back with Yayaka, and then decides to stay and help Mimi. Afterwards, Coconut is shocked to learn that there is apparently no way to go get back to pure illusion, only to find out that she is actually still in a pure illusion after deciding to go and save Papika herself. Uh, reuniting once again at the tunnel, Coconut and Papika return home together. So this episode, af- after the pure illusion stuff is done, it features like a moment where it's like, oh no, are they are po- Papika and Coconut like separated forever? Will they never get be able to get back to each other? And then in like a minute later, it's like just kidding. So- and I think like they could have they could have milked that for longer. They could have made it like. Yeah, make it a cliffhanger to resolve it at the beginning of the next episode. Yeah, or I think even, I I was thinking that they could have an entire episode dedicated to Coconut searching for Papika. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that would have been an interesting, another emotional thing, but they didn't have time to really do much, and the writer changed, so things just kind of happened. Yeah. I almost feel like some of the ideas that seem to be floating around in this could probably have used like an extra season almost i yeah i i think honestly like if not an extra season it could have used being uh like a 22 episode anime instead of a 13 episode Mm -hmm. because like we're talking about alternate dimensions and playing around with time like there's a lot of really interesting sci-fi stuff that you could get into along with magical girl stuff yeah 
I, I definitely think I, it, it kind of felt like they wanted to explore that a lot, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they just weren't given the chance by the studio to do so. So they just kind of threw it in at the end. I gotta ask, because we're over an hour in, how many episodes do we have left? <laughs> None. That was the last episode. Okay. Okay, so really the show just needed like some more expansion of themes and less weird horniness about, about middle school girls. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, one, one, important, uh, one important scene at the end, uh, when Coconut and Papika reunite with one another, uh, it's at the same place that they met the first time. And not only that, uh, the near kiss scene that they have is directly paralleled again. And it, it, they do the sniffing thing again. But I think like this time, we've earned a real kiss. Yeah. yeah. Like I think a very good ending would have been them kissing and it made it very clear that they were now in a relationship together. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, here's, here's my quick and dirty idea for rebooting it, is you make it two seasons long. Yeah. And you put more filler in, but the filler is about, like, side characters. Um, like, make it, make it a bit of a, an illusion, a pure illusion of the week, and then the first season, like, halfway through, that's when they realize that the things are influencing the real world. And then you don't get into, like, the Mimi stuff and the backstory stuff and putting Papaka in a tree until the second season. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, there, there are a lot of interesting side characters in this show. They're, they're kind of just mentioned and skipped over in the summary, but, like, Yayaka is in her own category of, like, a main character. She's not as important as the other two main characters, but she's still, like, a focus of the show. So, like, expanding her would be great. Expanding her two partners who have like no backstory at all would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the the scientist character at Pure Illusion, I think he's a fun character, and I would like to see more of him. Have give me more adventures with Yakuskalu as the Green Knight. <laughs> Yakuskalu across the dimensions. <laughs> give him his own spinoff show. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm envisioning it as something like Bakaru Bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> just dro- he's in like a serialized series and you just get dropped in at like volume 27 <laughs> no yeah. explanation no explanation whatsoever <laughs> it's it's definitely it's it's a difficult series to explain to people because one it's it is intentionally a very bizarre series yeah and two pacing issues make it even difficult to understand when you watch it yeah. So explaining how it works to people just is it's it's hard. I think like I said the biggest change I would make aside from removing just all of the horniness uh is I would make it as overtly a love story as I could. Yeah. Because it it very much is a love story. It just needs to be explicit about it. Explicit and expanded and also, like, with the side characters maybe exploring different types of love. Yeah. Like, it, it, it would be cool to explore, like, platonic love. Or, or... familiar love, because goddamn, that one episode. Uh, yeah, that one episode. <laughs> yeah. I think they could have made that, like, two episodes, but also, like, I don't know if I am emotionally ready for two episodes of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, also explore more genres, because I think, I think the best episodes of the show are the ones where they diverted the expectations and instead of being just an ordinary magical girl anime they were like here's a horror show or here's a tragedy and i think like explore other genres too 
I can't think of another genre at the top. Maybe maybe have like a sitcom episode. <laughs> oh, so this was WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> this was WandaVision before it was cool. This is flip flap vision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I am I did a lot of that was just me talking at people, which I knew was gonna happen because this like it's it's weird and you have to explain everything for it to even make somewhat sense and even still it doesn't really make sense so that's that's sorry but not sorry because i got to talk i got to talk about a series i love but also wish could just have so much better yeah and it's not like tanner and i haven't you know just had to explain so much stuff about an idea (laughs) before we could even get to the actual meat of the episode yeah Yeah. (laughs) i just wish it wasn't so horny dear god Look, I know it's 2021 and we've spent nearly a year in quarantine, but calm down, people. Calm down, people. Take a cold shower! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and while you're taking that cold shower, I think this is a good point to go over to a friendship promo. Looking for gardening guidance but can't stand the vague, wishy-washy answers to your plant problems? Are you sick and tired of advice from people you wouldn't trust to peel an orange, much less fertilize an orchid? Well, you're in luck, because it is I, Skeletor, here casting pods at you. If you know anything about my work, and you should, it's that I am the sworn enemy of He-Man and the rightful master of the universe. What you may not know is that I am also the rightful master of gardening. Overwatering? Underwatering? Not sure how to water your plants? Not on my watch. Garden Plots with Skeletor is a scheme, I mean podcast, that will save your plants from your black-thumbed buffoonery and will turn you into... Well, it will not turn you into a master of the universe, but it will make you a less incompetent gardener. With my commands, your backyard will flourish, your window boxes will blossom, and you'll finally get that cool urban jungle look that people keep talking about. Most importantly, you won't disappoint me, which is something I assure you, you would be wise to avoid. Subscribe to Garden Plots with Skeletor wherever you get your podcasts. Garden Plots with Skeletor. Scheming to keep your greens green. Wow, they really seemed like friends. And promoing. <laughs> just, just, just friends being promos. <laughs> <laughs> the, the secret fourth type of love. Friends being promos. That's just networking. <laughs> you know what? Fair point. <laughs> um, speaking of networking... Uh, Lena, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. You had no choice in the matter. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so, I, primarily, I use the main Twitter for my podcast as my Twitter account. I have another one, but it's private, and we don't talk about it. You can find my podcast, which is Forgotten Eras, at kh underscore afe. Uh, it's mostly a lot of me talking about Kingdom Hearts, uh, some about me talking about other things, 
and and also just a little bit of sprinkling of me being like D&D sucks. <laughs> you can also find me on that podcast I guess as well cuz uh that's my podcast. Uh yeah. I run a variety of different series uh set in uh different copyrighted universes and my goal is to eventually get sued. Nice. <laughs> if if you enjoy if you enjoy this show for uh blatant disregard of copyright and trying to do things better than the actual writers of the thing do, then do I have the show for you? It's my podcast. I recommend it. <laughs> Alright, and Lindsay, how about yourself? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476, that's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I beat you first, and they're pronounced Yakuza Zero. <laughs> they're pronounced Akuskalu. <laughs> you can also email us at notifireboot at gmail.com, where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite amorphously shaped rabbits. <laughs> 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 uh that's where you can send us a friendship promo be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read either way we'll put in a free ad for your podcast your youtube even your deviantart you could even ask to be a guest but if you do make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised if you'd like to support us directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash first. We can get several bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all our patrons, including a bunch of people that I always forget to pull a list up of. <laughs> One moment. <laughs> including Charlie, Cassidy, Christina, Julia, Rem, and Theo. Thank you all. Uh, that being said, we understand that there's a, we're in a bit of a sticky wicket um, from the past year, so if you don't have the money to give us, we'd completely understand. Uh, we don't expect you to. And, of course, there are all several important things happening right now. Uh, it is Black History Month, um, but so, I mean, any day of the year, but especially now, if you're white and you can afford to, hey, reparations time. And, besides, it's just as helpful to us, us, your friends on the podcast, to support us by leaving a rating and review of us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then just contact me and I will try and get us in there. Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows to share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. Um, we also have a Discord that, uh, the links in Discord are weird, and if you make a new link to share Discord, then all other <laughs> links die. But if you want to be on a Quarter Podcast, uh, net Discord, just, just message me and I'll make a link for you. <laughs> I'll invite you directly via Discord. Many good things I like about Discord, so it has to be shitty in some way, and I guess the shitty is just trying to get into it. It's like a labyrinth. Yeah. Next week, we reboot Discord. Exactly. We're going to throw, I'll throw it on the People's Choice poll. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't be that hard to make it, like, better than Zoom. That's true. It's not, I mean, hey, it is technically already better than Zoom. Yeah. Anyways, last, last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, aka Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay. I think it's you next week, right? I think it's me for the first time. I have to check. The last time I had an episode come out was the beginning of January. <laughs> <laughs> it is approximately a month and a half since I have <laughs> ran an episode. <laughs> so, Lindsay, next time, 
It might seem impossible, but that's the gospel truth. Okay. I'd start singing with them to be here all night. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we can do the impossible next week, but uh, not if we reboot you first. Bye! Bye.